If you have a story you would like to hear featured on this podcast, please go to AsTheRavenDreams.com and click the button to submit your story. Also, if the platform you're listening on has the option to rate this podcast, please consider doing so. And thank you. Okay, so this happened when I was babysitting two kids just a few months ago, and I knew that I had to share this with you. I'm in my mid-twenties and have been babysitting since I was probably around 16, between my own siblings and my other family members' kids. I started getting my own regular kids that I would watch too, so that pretty much took up a lot of my time, especially in the summer but I didn't really mind. Their parents typically paid pretty well, especially the ones that had multiple kids. So, one of my regulars recommended to me their co-worker, and I started watching their kids too. They had a two-year-old girl named Macy, and a six-year-old boy named Josh. Macy was still just a baby, so when I did watch her, she was typically sleeping. If they were gone for longer periods of time, they offered to take her with them, but she was actually a pretty happy kid compared to others that I've watched, so I really didn't mind watching her. Josh was a good kid, too. He was your average boy, just played with cars, Legos, and dinosaurs. His favorite food was macaroni and cheese, and he hated bedtime, but he always seemed to crash immediately. So, when their parents had a corporate dinner party, they asked me to watch them, and I agreed, knowing that I wouldn't really have any problems. So, I got there around 5pm, and I saw the parents off for the night. I want to explain their house just a little bit, since it will be relevant. From the front door was the living room, straight back was the dining room, and to the left was a hall that led to the parents' rooms, where Macy was still sleeping at the time, Josh's bedroom, and a bathroom. Behind the dining room was the kitchen, the back door, and another hall that led to their back office and another room. And then there was the stairs to the basement. The basement had been turned into a huge play area for Josh. All the big setups were down there, like the play workbench... There was even a small playset with a slide and push-around cars. I know that if I was a kid, I would have had a blast. So, that's the setup of the house. When I went over there that night, I was handed Macy as she was still awake and Josh had been in his room playing. I said hi to Josh and then went back to the living room with Macy. After some time, she fell asleep, so I brought her into her parents' room. Josh was still in his room playing, but he'd started getting loud, and I didn't want him to wake her up, so I asked him to come play in the living room or downstairs. He had no qualms with playing downstairs, so off he went. They had also had dinner already, so I was sitting in the dining room eating what I brought. I got carried away doing something on my phone, so I'd been sitting there for a while but then I heard laughing coming from the direction of one of the bedrooms. 
I was curious because I know I asked Josh to play downstairs, and I never saw him walk by. I went to his room to see what he was doing, and he was nowhere in there. I checked in the closet, under his bed, under the blankets, and even in his toy chest, and he was nowhere to be found. I was a little worried that he may have been in the room with Macy, so I went into that room and she was still fast asleep. I didn't want to snoop through the parents' stuff, so when I did a quick glance over the room and didn't see him, I closed the door and went to check his room one more time, and still didn't see him. Then I heard a thump coming from downstairs where I thought he was, so I went down to check. There were some toys sprawled around like he had been down there playing, but I still did not see him. From there, I called out for Josh, starting to get slightly worried that I didn't know where he was. When I didn't get a response, I went back upstairs and checked the back door just in case, but it was still locked. Josh knew he wasn't allowed to go outside, and I don't think he would have been able to reach the deadbolt enough to really unlock it, so I didn't think that he went outside. Just in case, though, I went to the front door and I checked it too, and it was also locked. I turned around to an empty living room, and at that point I wasn't worried about waking Macy up, so I hollered out for Josh again, this time with a bit more serious of a tone. I then heard another laugh coming from one of the rooms. I went back to his room, and still, it was empty. Now, I was starting to freak out. Josh, he wasn't the type to play little pranks like this, so I was confused and frustrated. Like, how was I able to clearly hear him laughing in his room? I went back to the dining room to grab my phone, ready to call his parents, to be honest, to ask if he hid anywhere to give me some kind of idea, but my phone was also gone. So, after searching the dining room, I went to the living room and I didn't find it. I thought maybe I had took it with me, so I checked the basement and the rooms one more time. Nothing. At this point, I had entered the room three times and the basement twice, so my last option was their home phone. I know this had to be the only family I've worked for that still had one. They joked about it because it was cheaper for them to get the phone with cable than just cable alone. It was hanging in the dining room over by the closet, so I walked over to it, called my phone, and I started hearing my ringtone nearly behind me. I turned around to see Josh sitting at the table, holding my phone. While I was relieved to see both the kid and my phone, I was also confused as to where he had been. From the position of the phone, I would have been able to see him come out of the bedroom hallway or the kitchen. I would have heard him pull out the chair and sit on it, but yet, I saw and heard nothing. I tried approaching it in a friendly way and asked him where he had been, and he just started laughing and handed me the phone. I tried being more direct, and I asked him if he was in his bedroom or in his parents' room. He shook his head no. I asked him if he was in the basement. He said no, and same with the living room. He just kept saying no and laughing. 
I ended up letting it go because I didn't want to shake up this poor kid, but I did ask him to watch some TV with me in the living room. That way I could keep an eye on this little Houdini. From then on, when I watched them, I didn't have another disappearing act. But if I didn't have a hold on my phone, it would just disappear. And I would either find it somewhere that I wouldn't have left it, or Josh would find it. And I know that it may be asked, but no, Josh was not taking my phone. Again, he just didn't do that. And when I mean have a hold of it, I mean physically in my hand. If the last place that I had it was in my pocket, it would end up somewhere else. If I left it in my purse, or even in my car, I would find it elsewhere. I don't know if this kid or my phone was able to break the matrix or what, but it has never been a dull moment since then when I have to watch them. If anything else significant does happen, I'll be sure to update you. I can't fall asleep right now, so I figured I would share my one and only potentially paranormal encounter. It happened when I was about 15, about 6 or 7 years ago, when I finally grew old enough to become a counselor at a summer camp that I had attended annually for most of my childhood. The camp is Camp Anokijig in Plymouth, Wisconsin if you want to check it out. You would imagine that a summer camp as large and old as a Nokajig would have its fair share of scary stories and camp legends, but from my experience, that really wasn't the case. Ghost stories around the campfire were, of course, popular, but there weren't really any specifically about the camp itself. That is, except for one commonly accepted notion among the staff, Thunderbird Cabin 2 is haunted. See, the camp is separated into a boys and girls side, and these sides are further divided into sections, with names like Lakeview, Timber Trail, or, of course, Thunderbird. Counselors would rotate through the sections throughout the summer. During the particular week of this story, I was stationed in Thunderbird and was assigned with another counselor, who we'll call Keegan, to watch over the infamous Cabin 2. Stories about Cabin 2 varied. Entities outside of the window, goat men, scratching sounds at odd hours of the night, whatever. The diverse and often hyperbolized nature of these stories actually led me to doubt the legitimacy of all of them. It's a much more likely explanation that there was a desire for ghost stories at camp, and that someone came up with Thunderbird 2 is haunted, which just happened to stick, no? I still believe this, in fact. I do not believe in ghosts or the paranormal, but I know what I experienced, and any rational explanation I can come with does not seem fully convincing. Anyways, it goes as follows. This week, I was assigned to watch the youngest group of boys, about six to eight, We liked to have everyone in bed early since the young kids can be restless, and they needed time to wind down. This particular night, things went smoothly for Keegan and I. We had gotten all of the kids seemingly asleep rather quickly. 
being a little older, we would stay up and chat or read, and this night was no different. We both sat in Keegan's bunk, sharing a pair of earbuds and watching YouTube videos. It is important now to describe the layout of a cabin in Thunderbird. They were simplistic, rectangular, raised wooden cabins. The inner parameter was lined with bunk beds and housed about 20 to 30 campers and two counselors. Small, high-set rectangular windows along all sides provided moderate moonlight at night. Anyways, we're watching a video and all of the kids are asleep. It's dead quiet inside. You can barely hear the crackling of the dwindling campfire outside and the muffled normal sounds of a Midwest forest at night. That is, until something disturbs the peace. The unmistakable sound of someone shaking in a sleeping bag breaks the silence. It's clear from the noise and vibrations that one of the campers is basically flailing in their bunk. Their sleeping bag is rustling, the metal bunk is squeaking, the sound of their body bouncing on the mattress making a dull thumping. Keegan and I quickly take out the earbuds, pause for a moment to listen to the sound, and turn to each other with a concerned what-the-hell look on our faces. Initially, I'm actually worried a camper is having a seizure. And then, on the other side of the cabin, we hear the same noise. The same vibration. Only a few seconds after the first camper started to shake, a second one joins in. Then another, and another, and another. Within seven or eight seconds, literally every kid in this cabin is flailing in their bags. The sound of rustling fabric and straining bedsprings is all you can hear. In the pale moonlight, you could also see the outlines of their bodies bouncing around a little. The entire cabin is vibrating at this point, and Keegan and I are frozen, wide-eyed, terrified. We each have the same frightened look, and it's clear that neither of us have any idea what is going on or what to do. We sit paralyzed for some period of time while the collective possession around us continues. After 15 or 20 seconds of this, the cacophony stops. Like, a switch is flipped, all of the campers stop moving, and go perfectly still, back to sleeping, completely undisturbed. Still immobilized with fear, Keegan and I still sit completely still as well, not talking or moving, scared, I'm assuming, that this was simply the beginning of something worse. We were unsure whether to run or check the campers. Minutes go by, both of us looking around, eyes darting to the door, the surrounding bunks, both of us braced for impending doom. I'm not sure how, but at the same time, both of us silently concluded that we should bolt. As fast as we could, we leap from the bunk and sprint out of the doors, into the clearing that accompanies the cabins. The only person still outside is our senior counselor scrolling through his phone by the fire. He's surprised to see the two counselors of a cabin dash out the way that we did. Panicked, we try to explain what the hell happened. He brushes it off, but agrees to check the cabin. As you can guess, he doesn't hear or see anything, but peacefully sleeping campers. We reluctantly return to the cabin and get into our beds, still on high alert. I lay awake for some time, 
braced and waiting for something. But, alas, I drift off at some point. Wouldn't you believe it? In the morning, none of the kids claimed to know anything about the night prior. They all claimed to have fallen asleep like any other night, and the phenomenon does not continue any following night. As someone who is wholly skeptical and, as previously stated, does not believe in anything not well-founded or observed scientifically, I struggle to think what might have caused this. I want to think it was a prank, but I don't think that a bunch of young children could coordinate something like this so well, or even so retain their innocence in the matter. If anyone has any similar stories, or even heard if anything that could cause this, I'm all ears. It'll probably be the most confused and scared that I'll ever be in my life. The situation was just so bizarre and sudden. I do hope that I properly conveyed just how creepy it was. In the past, I was quite the skeptic when it came to the paranormal. I wasn't one of those jerk skeptics who would tell people to grow up or ridicule them. I enjoyed listening to ghost stories, some I thought were more believable than others. For instance, I found the ones where people saw, heard, and felt things more believable than stories in which people were badly hurt, killed, or property damage was done. Still, as I enjoyed the stories, I always took them with a grain of salt. Though, as I've had more strange experiences, I took ghost stories more seriously than before. Oh, not the super crazy ones. This will be a post on the list of experiences that I've had, which led to me being a believer. The very first strange thing that I have ever experienced was when I was about six years old. I was at my babysitter's house, and one day I was walking down a hall and the door to the bathroom was wide open. I looked inside, and everything was fine. I went back to walking, and then I heard a noise. When I went back to the restroom, I saw that a drawer had opened, so I ran back to the living room. When I was 11 years old, I had this constant feeling that there was something in the apartment that my family and I lived in. During the morning and afternoon, I would be distracted with schoolwork, family, friends, TV, etc. Though once night came, the distractions and noise dwindled. You're able to focus and notice things more. Whenever my family was home or I was alone, I always felt like there was this person in a white robe roaming the halls at night. One day I was alone and the feeling got so bad that I stayed outside on a cold November night for two hours until my family came back home. I don't know if it was my eyes playing tricks on me, but from the porch, I was able to see into the window, and I saw the curtains moving as if someone walked past them. What is even more strange is that I got that feeling once more but instead of feeling as if it was someone in a robe, it felt like there was a man lurking around. It happened earlier this year. My grandpa had passed away, and my family went to Mexico for the funeral. 
I had to stay home due to being in college, and I was all alone. And in those two weeks while they were away, I was paranoid. I would stay awake all night in the living room with all the lights on in the room. I constantly had this feeling that there was a man wandering from room to room. And I would think that I heard doors creak open or closed. In the morning when the noise of people filled the air, I would check the rooms and find nothing amiss. Now, this story is the reason that I went from skeptic to believer. The rest I had thought was due to me being paranoid either because I was a kid or due to losing someone close. This one, though, I had no explanation for. In 2020, I took a year off due to an error with my transfer to a school. I decided to work and got a chill job as a janitor. I enjoyed my time there. I had to clean four clinics with a three-person crew, and each clinic was 30 to 40 minutes apart. The only problem was that the people I worked with at the time were not reliable. Two times I had to clean all four clinics on my own because multiple people did not show up for work. My first strange experience in this job happened at Clinic C. It was placed near a creepy alley and in a small town where the activity dies at night. While cleaning, I constantly heard a dripping noise. I went to the sink that I thought was making the noise and looked under it for a leak, and nothing. I stayed a while to try and pinpoint where the sound was coming from, and again, nothing. I shrugged and went back to cleaning, and then when I left the room where the noise was coming from, it started again. My final experience happened on a Thursday, a day before my last day there. It was at the biggest clinic, D. It had both clinical and dental services. There were a lot of stories on how the nurses would hear things, they said they could hear a lady scream, and one day, I closed a door to a restroom and realized it made a loud shriek whenever you closed it, so I assumed that was the noise they had kept hearing. Another day, they said that they would hear loud clatter. One day, there was a silver tray for the doctor to put his tools on, and one of the legs holding up the tray was flimsy, and it would constantly fall so I assumed that was the noise they heard. As me and my coworkers were finishing up, one of them and I were waiting for the final coworker to finish mopping. We were in the large lobby, and it connected to the dental lobby as well. There's a glass door in the lobby that lets you see directly down a vertical hall to a horizontal hall that leads to patient rooms, a lab, and to the dental area. The floor was wet and most of the lights were off. My coworker asked me something and I looked at her and responded. Then, I looked back at the hall and I saw a pair of legs walking around past a wall towards the lab or door to enter the dental area. I called for the mopping coworker. We all know not to walk on the wet floor, but she may have forgotten and walked onto it. Though... She answered from behind me. She was finishing up mopping the entrance to the lobby. I then went out to the left of the lobby, down a dry hall which connected to the horizontal hall that I saw the legs walking in. I looked down the hall and saw no footprints on the floor. 
The legs had sneakers like the nurses wear, and black scrubs like they wear as well. I told my coworkers, and they said that they heard nothing and saw nobody else in the large building. I told my mom when I got home about what happened, and she gave me her input. She said that since a lot of people go to the clinic, one of them may be carrying a spirit, good or bad. That spirit may have gotten attached to the place and stayed behind. She could see that I was shook by this experience and tried to cheer me up. It worked, and I acted like I wasn't affected by it. But I was. And to this day, I know what I saw. It was more than likely the one making the noises the nurses heard, and it was real. I know it was. I had a bit of a creepy experience with a kid that happened around a week ago when I was at the store shopping for groceries. I was out taking some time to myself and just trying to pick up stuff for the week's dinner. I was browsing through the produce, trying to come to a decision on what I want, when I felt a slight tug on my pants. Like someone was trying to get my attention. I turned to look. And sure enough, there's some random little boy just standing there and staring at me with puppy dog eyes. I looked down and kind of smiled, and then looked around to see if I could see his parents. But strangely enough, there weren't any adults around. I immediately went into protective dad mode, thinking that this kid got lost in the store and I was going to have to help him find his parents. I knelt down, and I said hi to him, and I asked him where his mom and dad were. He stared at me with a blank expression for several seconds, and then changed into a big smile. He then said, I knew you were here. I could smell you. I was a bit confused, I didn't think that I smelled bad or anything, but the other part of that was trying to figure out what he meant by knowing that I specifically was here. I asked him if I knew him, and he just held that smile while staring at me. I asked him where his parents were, and he just slowly turned his head toward the main aisle. I looked up, and sure enough, there was a man and a woman walking toward me. The woman grabbed his hand and was apologizing profusely and saying that she was sorry if he was bothering me. I told her it was okay, that my boy was about his same age, so I knew how they can get in public. We talked for a few seconds about kids, both being parents and whatnot, and the whole time, her kid was just staring straight at me with a terrifying smile. After a few moments, they started to walk away, and I told them to have a good day and the other basic pleasantries. And as they walked away, he looked at me and said, I hope I smell you again soon, and then just kept on walking with them like that wasn't the weirdest thing that he could have said.
this is something I experienced dozens of times while sharing a house with my roommate back in the late 90s, 97 to 1999 to be precise. There were multiple times at night where I would wake up from a sound sleep because I felt like I was being watched or that there was a presence in my room with me. When I opened my eyes, I would see matte black spheres the size of a volleyball very slowly moving along the edge of where the walls of the room joined the ceiling. There were usually three or four of these at once, spaced out, evenly around the room. When they would reach a corner, they would abruptly turn 90 degrees to continue along the edge of the wall-slash-ceiling. They never moved lower or varied from their path. Think like Pac-Man. No sound, no smells, no lights, or any other descriptions of them that I can give you. The first few times I saw this, I thought that they were floaters in my eyes. So, I would rub them and... no... They were still there. A few times I jumped out of bed and flipped on the lights, and they were gone. I would flip the lights off, and boom, they were there again, slowly moving around the room. I've never experienced anything before or since like this. I have a sneaking suspicion that it had something to do with that house, or maybe just that room. The guy that rented the room prior to me was a good friend with my roommate, Paul, whom I'm still best friends with to this day, and Paul told me when I moved in that Chip, the guy who lived there before me, used to complain about seeing weird things in the room. Hopefully I didn't mind. I'm very open-minded, so of course I welcomed any high strangeness. Strangely enough... I told a friend of mine about this a few years back, and he turned stark white and said to me, Are you serious, dude? Because I used to see the exact same thing in my room in Venezuela as a teenager. Maybe it's some sort of minor brain seizure or waking hallucination, but to this day, I still wonder about it. I have a nephew that lives with his grandparents, so my parents. Unfortunately, my sister and her boyfriend are not the best of parents, and they pretty much abandoned him and just left the state. We have no idea where they are, and to be honest, it really doesn't matter. He's happy with his grandparents, and they get to go be high 24-7 in another state. So, my parents get to go through the joys of raising a young boy again, and he gets better parents. It's probably important to mention for this story that he's five years old, and he's a very creative little kid, like most five-year-old boys are. He likes to play with trucks and cars and dinosaurs, but that's about as far as his creativity really goes. He's way too young to understand the ways of the world or have any knowledge of the things that he's mentioned to my grandparents, which is where this story comes in. The other day, 
My father was watching a story about the Iraq war. He said it was some documentary about the war and they were talking to soldiers that had PTSD. It wasn't a graphic documentary and it was more focused on the people that fought over there than the actual war itself. So my dad didn't have any issue with my nephew watching it, mostly because he wasn't likely to understand any of what was going on. My dad said that they were showing flyovers of the desert, and my nephew randomly started crying, like sobbing crying. He paused the show and asked him what was wrong, but my nephew kept saying that he didn't really want to talk about it. This was such an odd behavior for him, as he's a very verbal kid, and he's literally never said, I don't want to talk about it, about anything. He got up and then knelt down in front of my nephew, asking him why he was crying and trying to calm him as best as he could, just trying to figure out what exactly was causing him so much distress. And after a while, my nephew finally started opening up about what was upsetting him. He looked at my grandpa dead in the eyes and said, the place they showed on TV, that's where I died. Obviously, my dad was so confused, but he pressed for a little more information. My nephew said, It was in the deserts. I got shot, and I saw my brother get shot too. He was bleeding, and when I tried to go over to help him, I got shot. It hurt. I was really sad. I was crying and looking at my brother, and then I started to feel really cold, and I fell asleep. After he said this, he started crying again, like to the point of sobbing. My dad tried to hug him and tell him that it was okay, and he was trying to tell him that he was just dreaming or that it wasn't real, but my nephew wasn't having it. After he finally calmed down, my dad decided not to watch the rest of the documentary. He told me all about this and we discussed what we thought it was. If he had just seen something and was influenced by it. My dad doesn't like to think about the paranormal. That's more my thing, but I explained to him that this genuinely sounded like a past life experience. I told him all about how I'd read about kids remembering their past lives and that my nephew was more likely recounting how he died because he was reminded by the show. I thought the story was sad, honestly, and my dad agreed but decided that he wouldn't watch anything like this around him anymore. Obviously, I'm open to other interpretations, but I feel like past life experience is the likeliest possibility. I'm not gonna lie, this has a funny twist at the end, but at the time we were really disturbed. This happened to me and two of my cousins when I was 17 years old. One of them was 15 and the other 13. 
If I recall correctly, this was the 5th of January in 2003. We're from a rural area in Spain, and by that time it was hard to get line on our mobile phones, so we used to spend a lot of time in spots where we could get some. One was an abandoned house beside a path leaving the town. It was around 20 hundred hours, and one of my cousins was talking by phone with his girlfriend while I was there standing just looking at the stars. Suddenly, I saw it. The light looked like plane lights, but they were all orange. It was so low that I could see bits of structure surrounding the lights, and it looked bulky and not aerodynamic. It crossed the sky above us, zigzagging and changing from direction many times. I called for the attention of my cousins, and both were amazed as we were looking at the object. The younger one started using the voice recorder of his phone to record a depiction of what we were seeing. And this was the strangest part. When it reached the horizon line, above the mountains, it blew up turning into a fireball. We didn't see anything fall, it just disintegrated. And we kept looking around there for a while, just to notice that there was a lot of activity, and many small lights were flying around the area of the explosion. We stood there for a while, silently, not knowing what to say, until my youngest cousin tried to play the voice recording that he did, and it was full of interferences with weird sounds and static, something that has never happened. He used to do voice records when something memorable happened to him. Just after that, things actually got pretty funny, as his phone just starts casually ringing. It has the X-Files theme as a ringtone. We already knew the phone had that tone, but the timing was perfect. At that moment... I just managed to say with a scared voice, Okay, this was weird as hell. I think it's time to leave. This all happened about a decade ago at a TA travel center in Las Cruces, New Mexico. I worked the night shift as a prep cook there, While there, I had a few strange experiences that I will detail now. The first was pretty standard. I was chopping onions, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a figure walk past me and stop in the corner. When I turned to look, no one was there, and I felt the base of my spine go ice cold. Now, to clarify, my family has a history with spirits. I had a great-grandmother who was a medium. I used to see shadow figures all the time in my childhood home, until I was 15 or so. And then I started seeing them again when I was in a deep depression with suicidal tendencies. I'm much better now. That was in my early 20s. That chill down my spine always accompanied these experiences, and I use it as an indicator for a spirit being nearby. Anyways... After that first experience, I started to ask around, and this was a common occurrence here. Three or four people had the exact same thing happen. Busy with a task, a dark figure at the edge of their vision walks by, and when they turn to look, it's gone. It would have happened again occasionally, but I would just ignore it. 
the second wasn't a single incident, but was something that happened regularly, usually after seeing it in the corner of my eye again. Part of my job as prep cook was making large batches of soups and chilies for the next day. I would put these five-gallon pots on the burners with the meat to start browning, turn to chop the veggies, and when I would turn back, all of my burners would be off. Fairly innocuous, but it happened too often for it to be my error. And again, it was accompanied by a chill down my spine. The final incident actually happened to someone else, but I was present for it. To explain, here's a quick rundown of how our walk-in was laid out. The door was in my prep kitchen. Inside the walk-in was a second door that led to our freezer. The freezer had its own light switch that was located in the regular walk-in fridge. So, the line cook goes into the walk-in, I think nothing of it, until he comes out hot a few minutes later, wanting to kick my ass. After I calm him down, he tells me that he was in the freezer section when all of a sudden the lights turn out and he starts hearing a man laughing coming from the main walk-in. I let him know that not only was it not me, but I'd been in the kitchen the whole time and no one else had gone in. He goes white as a sheet and then didn't want to talk about it anymore. Anyway, those were my experiences at the truck stop. Thankfully, I don't have much contact with the other side now that I'm in a better headspace, but I have a couple of others from my time in New Mexico, if anyone's interested. So, I have a cousin named Mary that I have always thought of as a bit odd. She's a good kid, don't get me wrong, but she's always had a bit of a weirdness about her. My mom says that she's most likely sensitive to the paranormal, and that may be true, but to me, some of the things that she's sensitive to, or has said, have been really strange. It's probably important to mention that Mary is seven now, but when she started to say weird things, she was, I believe, around four. The first thing I remember her saying that was weird was when I stayed the night over at my aunt and uncle's house. I was 13 at that time, and she was four, like I mentioned. And when I stayed over, she wanted me to sleep in her room with her. I set up my sleeping bag in her room by her bed and was ready to go to sleep. After about 10 minutes or so, Mary put her hand over my shoulder and started talking. But it wasn't like she was talking to me. It sounded like she was talking to someone else in the room. I can actually remember exactly what she said too, because it scared the absolute hell out of me. The whole time she was sitting there talking, she was telling whatever she was talking to that I was nice. She said something like, No, don't bother her. She's nice. I like her. Then after a few seconds, she seemed to get more serious and say, No, you can't take her. 
and then she chuckled and went to sleep. She seriously said this, didn't say anything to me about it, laughed, and then passed out. It was creepy, but I moved on and pretty much forgot it, assuming that she was just talking to her imaginary friend or whatever. That changed when my aunt sent me a text after I spent the night and asked me if she had mentioned anything about being scared in a room. I said no, but then I told her that when I was in there, she was talking to herself. My aunt then goes on to tell me that my cousin told her that she didn't want to sleep in her room anymore because the man that lives in the walls keeps watching her. My aunt tried to get more information, but she kept saying that there was a man that would walk through the walls and watch her sleep and it scared her. So, she didn't want to sleep there anymore. She actually didn't sleep in her room for a few weeks after this, and any time that she went to her room, she would make angry comments to someone and then run out screaming. Not like scared screaming, but screaming like she was angry, almost growling. Then after a few weeks, she kind of just moved on and went back to normal. This wasn't the only time that she had one of these events, but this was one of the ones that I was present for, and it was kind of weird. It could have been an imaginary friend, sure, but it felt more real than that. She seemed way too involved for it to be imaginary. And like I mentioned, my mom says that she's sensitive to the paranormal. And I think that I agree with that sentiment, mostly because of this and a few other things. Hopefully you think that this is creepy enough to include in a video. Because to me, it was seriously creepy. I've debated for months about posting my story, and I finally come to the decision to post it and see what opinions I receive. Forgive me, as I've never been the best at writing stories. I've experienced several hauntings, but this one in particular still makes the hair on my neck stand at attention. This incident happened about six years ago, when my son was a little over one but I remember every detail as if it happened yesterday. Here's a little bit of backstory going through the day before the event occurred. My now ex-husband and I started our evening off by going to a family friend's house for dinner and catching up. Before leaving, we decided to ask about borrowing her movie Annabelle as we had not yet seen it. She agreed, so we headed home to our tiny two-bedroom apartment. We put our son down for a nap and proceeded to watch this movie, which I ended up being a fan of. I love all things scary. Anyways, skip to later in the night, and my best friend Elle messaged me and wanted to hang out for a bit. I went to her house and picked her up. We then went back to the apartment, had some girl talk, played cards and then decided to put the borrowed Annabelle movie back in as Elle had not seen it yet. Myself, being the horror fanatic that I am, 
I didn't mind watching it again. We got our popcorn and drinks and got the movie started. As the movie began, we noticed that the audio was not working. I got up, took the DVD out, and cleaned it. I reset the DVD player and started the movie again. Still no sound. I started skipping through the movie to see if it was just at certain points. As I'm skipping through the movie, we finally do get sound. However, the only sound coming through is from the demon talking. Now, we're looking at each other puzzled and honestly freaked out. To remind you that my ex and I had just watched this movie a few hours prior, and now the sound that we hear is only from the parts in the movie when the demon speaks. We decided to forget about the movie and call it a night. I grabbed the movie and we left to take Elle back home. After dropping her off, I go to the other friend's house to return her movie I explained the situation and told her how it freaked me out. She believes that there's a simple explanation for everything, so this didn't bother her as much as it bothered me. However, it gets more weird as I'm getting ready to leave. My brother, who was living with his friend at the time, met me at the car and starts telling me that he found a Ouija board earlier during our visit, when we initially borrowed the movie. I shrugged it off thinking it was odd, but in no way connected to the movie messing up. I headed home for the night to get some much-needed rest. I put my son to bed for the night in his bassinet, and I crawled into bed myself. Between 3 and 4 a.m., I was suddenly awakened, but unsure of what woke me. As I'm looking around the room, I notice it. My son's baby swing is rocking. The swing is off, and was obviously not moving when I went to bed. I'm watching for what feels like forever, and when it starts swinging faster and faster, and then all of a sudden I'm hit in the face with a balled-up t-shirt, I immediately wake my ex up crying and try to explain what happened. Despite me having the shirt in my hand, he says that it was just a bad dream and for me to go back to sleep. I decided to go along with it, as my mind couldn't quite wrap around what exactly had happened. I lay down, and I rolled towards the wall to go back to sleep. Moments after rolling over, I get this overwhelming urge to turn around, almost like something is telling me that I really need to turn around. I roll over, and I sit up, and that's when I see it. I see this tall dark, shadowy figure standing over my son's bassinet with its hands holding on to the sides. This figure had horns on its head, long pointy fingers, and its bottom half resembled something like a goat. I sat there staring at this figure for what seemed like an hour when all of a sudden it slowly turns its head, looks at me, and I swear to you, smiles at me, and then just vanishes. As soon as it vanishes, my son wakes up screaming. I've explained this experience to only a small group of people. Some believed me and some did not, but of all the things that I have ever experienced, this is by far the worst. I still get chills thinking about it.
we moved in this home around 2000 or 2001. I was three or four. Honestly, after moving in, it felt like our lives had went downhill. I honestly believe there was something evil in that house. My mom says the first night that she slept in the house, she dreamed of a thick fog and a black cat. She woke up and remembers telling dad that they messed up buying the house, and that it gave her a feeling of dread. My grandma, on my dad's side, and my mom were sitting in the living room while I was sitting on the floor playing. I don't remember this because I was so young, but she said that we all heard a man groan behind the door. She says that my eyes got real big, and I said, Uh oh. The house looked like it was from the 90s. In one of the rooms where, for a while, we used as the junk room, where we would just put odds and ends things in there, there were outlines of where posters had once been on the walls. The space was white where the posters had been, the rest of the walls had a yellow tinge. I'm guessing it was where someone smoked a lot. Also, where our back door was, where our washer and dryer would be in our utility room, and there were tiny scratches at the bottom of the door. It separated the utility room from the kitchen. They were like cat scratches. And there was a door in my parents' room, and at the bottom of that door, there was those same scratches. Things were heard, felt, and seen in that house... I remember when I was around six or seven, I thought I saw in the back room, out of the corner of my eye, something white. Like a white dress with a long train go from one side to the other of the room, in the dark. It might have been my imagination, but I can't swear on it. I would have dreams where I would try and run out of one of the rooms, and I couldn't. I couldn't scream. I felt my legs went numb, and it was like I couldn't run away. Like something would be waiting for me or dragging me back. My mom woke up one morning and saw what she thought was my dad at the end of the bed. It was a work day, and she thought that he came back home too early. It was a man that she said had red hair. My dad has red hair, and was wearing like a blue workman's uniform, like a boiler suit, but separate pants and shirt. Then, when she looked back, the man was gone. My grandma and grandpa, who was on hospice, he was in a roll-around bed, stayed with us in the house, so that my mom could help give medication to grandpa. My grandma had a dream where she saw the man with red hair and beard in the bathroom, in the mirror over the sink. My grandpa was scared for the lights to be turned off. At this time, my parents would argue, like, all the time. Anyone who stayed in the house, it was like the tension was so thick, you could cut it with a knife. I was having problems of my own. I was depressed nearly all of the time. I always felt like I was being watched. Like there was always something just watching me. I would look over my shoulder, and of course there would be nothing. My grandma had felt one time something get into bed with her, the way she described it, it was like a big dog. She would kick it out of bed half asleep, and it would then get back into the bed with her. Kick it out, get back in, until finally it stopped. I remember my mom and I were watching, oddly enough, 
The Ghost and Ms. Moir, 1947. In my parents' bedroom, when all of the sudden we heard this loud bang. Like, the only way I can describe it is like someone took a concrete block and threw it as hard as they could against the floor in the bathroom or closet. We jumped up and looked, but nothing. Nothing had fallen, but it was so loud and it definitely sounded like it was coming from their closet. Their closet was huge. It was a deep walk-in closet. My grandma was up one morning taking care of my grandpa when she said she started hearing sounds of wire hangers violently hitting the sides of the closet wall. She knocked on my parents' door because she thought my mom had gotten into a fight with my dad and was packing his stuff, or hers, while yanking the clothes off of the hangers, letting them hit the closet wall. She found out that my parents were still asleep. My mom sat on the couch one day and felt something furry rub against her leg, like a cat. There wasn't a cat there. This happened twice. The second time, she felt it pull on her shirt. Grandma and Mom said that they were sitting on the couch and that they heard a a picking sound, like a cat sharpening its nails on this treadmill that they had. There were marks on the treadmill from the cat's claws, but no cat. We didn't have a cat. On Halloween, my mom put out a step mat that we had for years. That when you stepped on it, a man's voice would say, Happy Halloween! Ha 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 ha! It was a really cute step mat. Purple, with an orange pumpkin. It started going off by itself, though, like someone stepped on it. She then ripped out the voice box and step sensor mechanism. Other things have happened, but this post is already too long, and some things that I can't remember. All I know is that we finally had enough, and moved out when I was eight or nine. My mom says that she believed that there was a ghost of a cat there. She didn't think that it was bad, she just felt sorry for it. I was in the military for a field training exercise. Deprived of sleep, and I had an encounter with a dark forest and the human subconscious. We'd been out for four days at this point, with almost no sleep. We were a four-man squad operating completely independently, securing battalion-level safe data traffic. We got an order to relocate about a 100 kilometers south to the coast. The day turned out to be quite long, and long story short, we were at combat readiness in the new location at around 3 a.m. As the squad leader... I decided to take first watch and let the guys get some well-deserved rest. So, I grabbed my gear and started walking towards our guard position down the road from our camp. Guard position in this context means a concealed position in a ditch, with a good view down the road. I got to the spot, it was just over 200 meters from our equipment. There was a bit of snow on the ground, the sky was clear, and it was absolutely dead silent in the woods. I just laid on my back leaning on the bank of the ditch. This spot was lower than our camp, down the road into a kind of small valley, and it was a thick spruce tree forest, so all sounds that there would have been in our camp, on the higher ground, and almost on the shore, 
you could hear the sea from our camp, just died down. I was dead tired. I laid there on my back just staring at the few stars peeking through the branches of the spruce trees, until I realized it wasn't as silent as I had initially thought, and that I could actually hear sound from the woods behind my back. Just the most subtle little cracks, rustles, and other natural sounds. But as I concentrated on them, it was almost loud. Those little rustles became an almost overwhelming sound. And suddenly, I felt this fear of something. I immediately opened my eyes and jumped up looking behind me into the dark forest. I didn't see anything, but I had this unexplainable sense of being extremely vulnerable. Like something was preying on me. I just gripped my rifle harder and even flicked off the safety and kept looking into every direction because I was completely circled by the thick, dark forest. I did have four mags of blanks on me, so I thought, if nothing else, full auto-blank fire is a good way to scare away predators. Although, in these parts, it was quite unlikely to run into anything that would pose a threat to a human. The weird part was that I couldn't control my reaction at all. I was able to think clearly and tell myself that this is idiotic, there's absolutely no threat out there, and no reason to be afraid. But it was like different parts of my brain weren't able to communicate with each other, because while I did realize that there is no threat out there, and that this reaction is very unnecessary, at the same time, that feeling of dread became deeper and deeper. Do you know the feeling like having an invisible force pulling you down, almost like you weighed a thousand pounds? I was looking out to the forest and the darkness was just swallowing me up, almost like it was getting closer to me from all directions, almost like the darkness itself was a sort of being, and the sounds from the forest became totally exaggerated. At this point, I'm in the middle of the road on one knee, and the light snow cover on the road seems like the only thing I can see anymore. It was like this tiny island in the middle of a void of darkness. A darkness that was just trying to overpower and get to me. The guys were sleeping just over 200 meters away from me, but it felt like it could have just as well been light years away. Like everything was light years away. Like... I was completely separated from everything that I knew on a totally different plane of existence. Like being lost at sea, I was lost in the dark and drowning in it. What made this such a weird experience is that it truly was like one half of my brain went completely rogue. The other half was talking sense and being calm, and the other refused to listen and was ringing every alarm bell. It was like I was calm and panicked at the same time. At some point, the reasonable part of my brain took control and stuff just calmed down, and I just stood there thinking, what in the Blair Witch Project hell was that? I'm not sure how long the experience lasted. It felt like a short moment, but it definitely lasted longer than it felt. At some point, not too long after... One of the guys came down the road to release me from watch duty. I smoked a cigarette and chatted for a bit, and then I walked back to camp, 
I crawled in my sleeping bag still just thinking about it. I never told anyone about that, actually. I think I just allowed myself to sleep into the next morning. I never experienced anything like it before or after. Sleep deprivation is a hell of a drug, kids, and I think it's always a bad trip. I definitely learned from that and made sure that all of us got more sleep from that day on. As a bit of an addendum, just a year ago, last winter, I was on a field training exercise as a reservist this time, and we were very close to the same place, just hundreds of meters away. And, one night, I purposely went out into the same woods. Again, a crispy, snowy winter night. I walked into the woods and just stood there. I'm not sure what I was expecting. I'm certain that what I experienced was just sleep deprivation doing really weird stuff to me, but something pulled me to go into those woods again, just to make sure. Nothing happened that time, and for some reason, I almost felt disappointed. Hey there, friends. That was today's episode of the As the Raven Dreams podcast, and I really hope that you all enjoyed this collection of scary stories. If you did, please do consider checking out my YouTube channel, where I do these same stories, but a little bit earlier than I do them here on the podcast form, and also in slightly different collections. If you really enjoy the podcast, please do consider giving it a rating of any sort if the platform you're listening on has ratings. Any honest rating is appreciated by me, be it 5 star, 1 star, however you want to do it. Just know that rating the podcast helps tremendously. And, if you would like to support further, I do have a Patreon and channel memberships if you'd like to do things on the YouTube side, where for as little as a dollar a month, you get early access to my content. Never ever expected, but always appreciated. That said, friends... I hope that I do see you on the next episode of this podcast. And of course, until then, sleep well.